Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Miracle Soup. I'm your guest, Christoph Heinen, and we're broadcasting from the mystical foothills of Northern California. Today, I wanted to talk about breath work. And I also wanted to talk about why I named this episode, why I used a clickbait <laughs> title for this episode, How Breath Work Almost Killed Me. So back in August, I was just kind of in a, in a, in a, in a lull, in a little bit of a funk. And, and I was like, I, you know, one of my, my main like sort of addiction escape is, is food, is overeating. So I was really just getting in this habit, this routine habit of just like eating just too many sweets, too much ice cream, stopping at the, at the gas station, you know, after work and grabbing the candy bars. And it was just like too much sugar and too much, too much grasping for something that would fill this like empty hole within me. And I knew it wasn't good. And I knew I needed to do something about it because it was just, you know, wearing on me. So one night I was sleeping in my tent. I like to sleep in my tent uh, in the summer when it's not too smoky because it just, it's just such a nice place to be, right? So I'm sleeping in my tent and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I need, come on. I mean, I, give, give me something. Um, give me something to help me, you know, overcome this addiction because nothing else I'm trying is working and, and uh, I got to get a grab, grab on this or else it's going to, it's going to really cause some health problems. And it's already, the quality of my life is already, you know, diminished because of just the energy it takes to digest so much freaking food that I'm shoving in my face. And uh, how do I actually deal with the emotions that are underneath the addiction, right? So that's been my thing. It's never been alcohol. I mean, I, I enjoy drinking here and there, but it's usually never more than a beer and a half or two beers. And, you know, like, yeah, I like to smoke some herb and stuff like that, but it's not something that's just like I, I kind of binge on. It's food is the thing, like sweets, sugar, and carbs, and <clears throat> all of it. So I'm like, it's depth of my soul. I'm like, give me something to help me. I got to figure this out. I got to overcome this. And I was sitting in my tent. It was the evening. And I heard this little, little voice in the back of my head just say, breath work, breath work. I'm like, huh? Oh yeah, breath work. I remembered I'd gotten into Wim Hof years ago, and I had really enjoyed that practice, and and felt really activated and high with those with those techniques that he teaches. And I've uh, I've done rebirthing in the past, and I've been hearing more and more about elect or electronic <laughs> holotropic breathing, this kind of thing. So I'm thinking like, oh man. I am going to check that out. And I went on and I discovered there are so many different modalities out there. And, and I decided, well, I'm just going to go with a simple thing I know. I'm going to go back with Wim Hof. And I found the YouTube video with Wim Hof. And I went ahead and I did the 20-minute practice. And I felt so much better. It was just like total reset, system reset, boom, done. And I thought, man, all right, let's, the voice told me breath work. Let's, let's stick with it. You know, I started doing the the Wim Hof every morning, every evening for a few days. The binge eating completely stopped. I had just a healthy, like regular appetite. I was able to just, you know, stick with like meal times and not have to binge eat at night. And, um, you know, it was just amazing. And so I thought, wow, this is, this is awesome. I'm going to continue with this. And I became, I started to become a little bit more obsessed as I still am, because it's so amazing. But I started to 
research other breathing modalities. There's something called soma breath work, which this pharmacist came up with who realized that the whole pharmaceutical industry um, is just, you know, pretty bent out of shape. And so he discovered and created his own breathing experience called soma breath work. Um, there's all kinds out there. There's shamanic breathwork, there's holotropic breathwork, there's rebirthing, there's, I mean, everyone's got their own name now, right, of their own breathwork. There's like transformative breathwork, there's biodynamic breathwork, and I'm sure all these are awesome, but uh, um, I don't really have like time to take all the training, so I, I, I thought, okay, I'm gonna just kind of just see where the threads lead me, see where see where the intuition goes. And so I started doing the Soma breath work, which is pretty sweet. Um, it's basically breathing to, to uh, music, breathing to rhythm. And the rhythm, putting your breath in rhythm creates a coherence within your nervous system and your energy field, which you know creates a lot of balance and, and ease and uh, kind of like brings the nervous system into or out of fight or flight, you know, contraction and into just like, peace and balance. And I was really enjoying that. Still am. And then I actually enrolled in a pranayama breathwork class with a dude named Mikael Bjork, I think his name is. Anyway, it's called the, the yoga lap breathing class. I should probably link it in the show notes because I don't have it right here, but that's been amazing. Um, and And all these things. So I'm like, all month of August, I'm doing all this breathwork. And then and I'm thinking like, wow, man, my overeating's done. I'm feeling great. I'm getting up early. My life's changing. I'm activated. And my, my buddy asked me to go on this mountain biking adventure. And I'm like, sure, dude, I can totally do it. And I didn't even think of the fact that I haven't been on a bike in a year and I haven't been running. But I thought, well, you know, I did a ultra marathon like three years ago. So I'm like totally in shape for this. <laughs> and like, whoa, was I mistaken, man. Um, yeah. I got I got hit pretty hard with with um with with heat stroke and exhaustion. I noticed after the first couple hours that my breathing was like I was pretty much in red line with my heart rate and my breathing. And you know, we were I was with a crew of guys. I really wanted to keep up with everyone. I didn't want to be like a bummer. And uh truth of the matter is I did have energy just to keep pushing, but I was pushing myself too hard. And you know, these were these guys have been riding, you know, my buddy, Chris, he's been, he's been training. He's been doing a lot of riding. He brought a bro with him who was one numerous, um, mountain biking, you know, races, um, the Downingville classic, like five times in a row. I think this dude was a beast and his friend was really good. So I was like the newbie really wanted to, you know, stay with the pack. And yeah, we had electronic, uh, electric bikes, which made it, so fun, like so crazy fun, but also just as hard because instead of, um, you know, yeah, you can kind of, you can kind of, you get assisted going uphill, of course, but at the same time, because of that assistance, you end up like making these really long rides, you go way farther. So it's, you're, it's just as strenuous because you're just like, you're still going so strong for just longer. And uh, we we did a 30-mile loop, and I think by about mile 15, I started really feeling like, whoa, start. this is starting to not be fun because I'm really getting exhausted. But I'm like, screw it. You know, I got my breath work. I'll just continue activating my breath and being conscious of my breath. And it's basically a super power that's helped me in so many ways and, you know, 
help me heal my addiction and you know it's 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 just this amazing thing and it's giving me all this energy so it's going to totally carry me through this <laughs> and so finally so that's why I'm, that's why that's why I use the clickbait you know like how breathwork almost killed me because i it really i i became overconfident and it wasn't the breathwork it was just it was just my ego that almost killed me which i think <laughs> probably is a pretty common cause of death amongst human beings is is ego thinking thinking you have you can do something that you can't or just overlooking some kind of danger which which has the potential to kill you and it was a freaking blistering hot day and you don't really know notice it when you're riding cuz the wind's blowing through your hair and you're feeling so good and there's so much adrenaline but it the heat really began to took its to- take its toll and at one point, I, I realized I had to pull over um, because I, I had diarrhea. And I remember from ultra racing with the marathons, with the running, that you know, your body puts so much energy into the extremities that it can't really digest. So like diarrhea and vomiting is a pretty common reaction to a body that's just like pretty exhausted and, and really struggling to, to keep moving. So... There it was, man. I just I just had to let it out on the side of the trail. You know, pardon the graphic explanation, but it was it was gnarly. I had to do that. And then a few miles later, I started puking. And so like anything I put in my mouth, any water or anything, like came right back out. And I was so nauseous. And then um yeah, these, these the the two guys came back. It was just my bro Chris was hanging with me, and these two guys came back and they're like, dude, are you all right? you know, what's going on? I'm like, sorry guys, I'm like shitting here and puking. And one of the bros said to me, oh, right right on bro, you've got like, there's some term for just being totally wiped out in mountain biking. It's called like bonked, I think. He's like, dude, you're bonked. (laughs) Like, great. Yeah, whatever you want to call it, man. I'm bonked. I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking bonked to, to be exact. So I was pretty tanked and then, I just kept puking and kept shitting and it was just like horrible. And, and then he's like, don't worry about it. Uh, you only got a 4,500 foot descent back to town. And I'm like, Oh God. I mean, every bump on the trail was just like so painful. My whole body was in so much pain and my stomach hurt so much. And I had to pull over every, you know, couple miles and puke and shit some more. And Oh man, it was horrible. And it just kept getting worse. My vision's getting blurry and I could hardly even pedal. And I'm like, oh God. And then I start thinking like, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta survive. I gotta make it through this. Like I gotta make it. And I was really concerned because I couldn't hold any water down. I was so thirsty. And I started thinking like, I gotta do this for my daughter. I gotta do this for my daughter. I gotta survive this trip. And and like at one point we found like this river outside of Downeyville and it was freezing cold, but I just like, it just got right in it. And I think I was able to soak up some, some moisture through my skin and like cool down and then, you know, keep going. Finally made it back and I collapsed in the, on the asphalt of the parking lot by the car. And I was just like throwing up and, <laughs> and then my buddy's driving us home and I, Rolled on the window and I puked all over the side of his car. And then, and then like, 
part of the reason I was sharing this is because at one point, uh, like during the race, like I was, I was like puking and shitting. He's like, well, dude, you finally got a, you got, I finally got something to talk about for your podcast. <laughs> and at the time I'm like, fuck that podcast, man. Fuck everything. I just got to get home. I just got to get, a, I just got to get down this mountain alive. It was so burly. It was so gnarly. Um, get home finally. And I, and I like, I chug some coconut water and puke it right out and finally like learn how to just take small sips and, you know, you know, I'm in bed. I can't even move. My head's like hurting so bad. My girlfriend came in and she's like, oh my God. She calls me Kapila. That's my spiritual name. She's like, Kapila, I'm like, I should have listened to you, babe. I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, sweetheart here. You know, she really helped me out and get, got me a bunch of drinks and electrolytes. And and then uh, I just was so excruciating. I just, I was still, I couldn't drink. I was still puking. It was just like a couple hours after being home. I was still throwing up. Um, luckily the diarrhea stopped, but it was just like, oh, it was gnarly. And then at some point in the evening, I, um, I ended up taking a few puffs of a joint and I'm going to tell you that was just magic. That took the, that just took it away, you know, took the nausea away, helped me relax so deeply and I could drink more. It was just like, thank you so much. Santa Maria cannabis for, you know, yeah, definitely cannabis can be overused and it's got its downsides, but man, is it some potent, wonderful, helpful medicine a lot of the time for a lot of situations. So I was just so grateful. It was just like being like held in this embrace of just like peace and relaxed relaxedness. I that that is truly a miracle plant. I mean truly. The more I work with cannabis and learn how to use it responsibly, it just the more amazing benefits it, it gives. It helps it can help me concentrate, it can help me with nausea, it can help me relax and go to sleep when I'm too wound up. Just just an awesome medicine. Um all depending on the intention and, and you know, learning like the right setting, just learning how to it's like a relationship. It's like learning how to be in, in a relationship with with a woman or or with a friend. It's just like, it's like that, right? With with all these medicines in our life. So, so speaking of medicines, and then the next day, you know, I was I was signed up to go to a Santo Daime, um, work a ceremony, and and Santo Daime is is a it's an organization, a church I attend, where the sacrament that's taken is ayahuasca. But it's not called ayahuasca, it's called daime, which means, translates to give me. And it's, um, it's ayahuasca, it's the, it's the same vine and leaf that's, that's in the ayahuasca brew, but it's done within a context where there's hymns involved and a whole sort of liturgy and all of these protocols set in place to really create a harmonious and really powerful healing experience that's really accessible to more people than say perhaps you know the the shamanic path where you have to fly down to Peru and you know do this whole dieta and all these preparations to have your ayahuasca experience and it's kind of like something that's so far removed I'm not dissing the shamanic path or any other path by any means but what I appreciate about the daime uh, the santo daime tradition is it's just like 
you know, within within your world, within your family and work, you can still show up to a daime ceremony and and go deep and have a deep and profound experience and have amazing healing and then, you know, continue here we are in the world and go to work the next day or the day after um hopefully if you get a little bit of rest and and really kind of integrate these heavenly experiences these these deep visionary profound realizations and healings and just and and, and work them right into life you know modern day life getting in your car and you know obviously not when you're high but um, you know, the car and the family and going to work and, you know, integrating this medicine here in the world, chop wood, carry water, you know, it's that kind of thing. So the next day I had a, I had a ceremony. I thought, there, no, no way. I'm not going. I still have this raging headache. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was in bed all day long the next day healing from like the worst sunstroke of my life, heat stroke of my life. And I didn't think there was any way I was going to do it. Just no possible way I could go to ayahuasca ceremony. Are you kidding me? That's irresponsible. But I had a beautiful rest all day long, drank lots of fluids. And by about 4.30, we were supposed to be there at 5, 5.30 or so. And by about 4.30, I just noticed myself up, out of bed, getting ready for the ceremony, finding all of my white clothes, getting my little blankets and pillows and, you know, guitar ready. Without even thinking about it, it was like, "Whoa, here it is." I guess I'm guess I'm going. I mean, it was like no conscious effort, but just a happening. I thought, "Whoa, I I I guess this is happening." My girlfriend had already left, and she didn't think I was going to come, um, or maybe she she was all ready to go or something like that. And I told, her, "Yeah," and then she saw me like getting ready, and uh, she was surprised. And I was surprised and it ended up being like one of the best ceremonies I've ever had. I mean, I pretty much say that actually about every single one because every ceremony is just so profound and amazing because that medicine is so wise and so strong and just so brilliant. And, uh, but this one was great because I was like, I was like totally cleaned out, right? I had... (laughs) purged like 50 times the day before and evacuated my bowels. So I was just like this clean vessel and the medicine could just like go right in. I didn't, obviously I did not purge once, uh, the whole night. Usually, um, a ceremony involves purging, you know, the, the medicine, part of what the medicine does is it really goes in deep to your organs and in your stomach and pulling things out that don't want to be there. And then you just, you vomit it all out. And, and with that vomit, there's also an, an emotional component of the purge where you're, you're, you know, if there's sadness or guilt or some kind of a, an emotional blockage, it's like that just gets expressed through the purge as well. And so that's always a a great thing, but that did not happen to me (laughs) on this occasion since there's really not much, my body had, I mean, it was, I had purged so really violently numerous times, uh, thanks to the, um, infamous bike ride. So that's how, that's kind of just a long run around about how breath work has almost killed me, but it really didn't, obviously. It was my ego, as I said, and 
I continue now to do the breath work and I've noticed that the breathing practice has helped me in ceremony sit up stronger. It's helped me to be more patient with my girlfriend, with my daughter. It's, it's just given me um, so much. And I wanted to share that in this episode since I was like thinking, I got to make an episode about something, man. And it's really more about practicing storytelling and practicing just getting episodes out on a regular basis at this point for me. Um, and it just feels good. And then the things that I talk about in an episode ended up really like becoming integrated in my being. It's like they say, if you really want to learn something, teach it. So one of the things that I'm, I'm doing is I'm actually, um, plan on teaching, um, breath work at some point. There's an instructor's course through this, um, through this yoga school called Yoga Lab. And so we're going to see how that unfolds. Um, I know I say I'm going to do a lot of things and, and some of them stick and some of them don't. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the results of the breathing practice on a regular basis, like it, it, it's profound. And also it gets easier and easier like every morning to wake up earlier. And it's kind of like, I'm like, God, is this, is this even okay? Should I even feel guilty about this? I mean, if, if I wake up at five and I, and I start doing these, these breathing practices and I just enter like a state of total bliss, like, like ecstasy. And then I feel so energized and, 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 you know, it's like everything, like lights, beautiful lights in my third eye and my spine is sitting up straight and I've just got more energy and my thoughts are clearer and I'm like, is this, is this legal? Is this okay to do so often? And, um, yeah, I guess it is. And I guess they've been doing it for thousands of years. Um, and these days it's all being repackaged, you know, in, in different, with different names and different forms, like Soma breathwork, holotropic, you know, whatever you want to call it, but it's all been done by inner, explorers of the inner scapes for thousands and thousands of years so it's just it's well documented and it's available for anybody so for any of you who have listened this far through my story and my rant and my hopefully somewhat coherent ramblings I do basically um just, yeah, I'm putting a plug in for the breath work. Like if you're feeling, if there's any kind of emotional stuckage, addictions that you're going through, I, I can't think of anything. Well, I can think of things like the, the Daime, Santo Daime Ayahuasca is amazing helping with addictions. But um, for whatever reason, it's it's funny. It's like sometimes we think that a, like a, a sacred medicine will heal us of something, right? But maybe it's like taking the ayahuasca just sort of brought the awareness to light and, and kind of helped prompt me to really get involved in the in the breath work. I mean, um, I know that drinking the Dime on a regular basis really does, a, it, it does so much, but one of the things that it helps with addictions, it really keeps, um, keeps basic like addictive substances in my life at check, like with smoking, uh, smoking herb, and even even tobacco. I don't smoke it very often, but I feel like I can have a good relationship it, with it when I do. Um, screen time, it really, the, the dime in my system and having that, being a part of that field, you know, once a month, twice a month, it has been really helpful in, in helping me just like 
kind of unplug from the whole screen addictions, you know, and just actually do things that are productive in, in my life. So that's pretty sweet. I mean, I could go on and on about the daime, but I'm going to save that for another episode um, because this one's more about the breath work. But for anyone who's kind of hard, having a hard time with any kinds of addictions, the breathing really helps because it's all about pretty much like resetting the nervous system and getting out of this fight or flight um, sympathetic nerve system response where we, we close off and, and we're just like, I notice that it's like when I get nervous and scared and it's a fight or flight thing start happening in my body and then I, I reach for food because it kind of just numbs me out, right? And relaxes me. But if I can regulate my nervous system in a more healthy way, then I don't have the need for things that are um, harmful, you know, ex exogenous substances that are harmful, like sugar and, you know, too much caffeine, this kind of thing. Smoking, you know other drugs that just numb out and suppress. So yeah, the breath work is sweet. I hope that I can be some sort of a vessel I, for, for inspiring people to breathe because um, it's almost like since I've been on this breathing journey, it's been, like I said, since the beginning of August, so it's been a month and a half, good 45 days. Um, it's, it's been amazing to notice that the breath has become what I rely on as a higher power. And that's really interesting because I've, I've often thought of, you know, God or spirit as some kind of a form, as maybe even the earth or, or you know, this like Archangel Michael or like Jesus or the Divine Mother. There's all these beautiful forms we can connect to, which is fine. I'm not dissing that, but having this breathing practice recently has taught me that spirit, you know, inspire spirit. That's breath, right? It's that's another form of this divine, and it's right here, right now, and it's an active thing that I can experience with a conscious breath that puts me in a divine space where I have access to um, guidance and peace and inner knowing and faith. So the more that I, I've been engaging these breathing practices and really noticing and really experiencing the power and the potential of the breath of conscious breathing, it's been sort of like introducing me to a whole new form of the divine, a deeper form, something that is really tangible, that is completely can't be uh, it can't be messed with, with with dogma or with any kind of interpretation. And it's also accessible to everyone, regardless of culture, regardless of cultural upbringing, you know, Jews and Christians and Muslims and Hindus and whatever trip you're on, the breath is the same for everybody. And I think that's really beautiful. And it has the same healing effect for everybody. So that's pretty sweet. And so um, I just wanted to say that if if you feel like you want to start getting involved in some breathing practices, feel free to reach out and I can direct you or help you in any way. And also, I wouldn't worry about breath work almost killing you. Just maybe know that it it will bestow upon you superpowers, but these superpowers are limited. So 
Don't push it too far like a 30-mile bike ride without any training um, in the blistering heat. Probably, like if you're not trained for it, might still fuck you up even if you're doing breath work. Likewise, maybe an ultramarathon without training, that could still screw you up pretty good. Even if you are doing breath work, uh, maybe like a 15-hour workday, you know, even though you have a superpower through breath work, it still might not be the healthiest thing. If you just, you know, it's it all comes down really to learning where your limits are and, and, and gradually pushing those limits, um, but not overdoing it and not pushing yourself in unhealthy ways. After that bike ride, I became so aware of all of the places in my life where I'm pushing myself too hard. And I thought, well, I, that's a great lesson, man. That's a great lesson um, to really become aware of where you're pushing because, you know, when you when you get close to death or you're you're in you're, you get so sick, it, it's a, it really it's a memorable experience that you don't want to have to repeat. So I'm very aware now it, within work, within, you know, just my day how how my day operates, um how I conduct myself in my day that I'm very aware now of, of how I'm pushing or not pushing. You guys, you friends, thank you so much for listening this far. I hope that this has been um, something that benefits you in some way. Like I said, if you have any questions about breath work, um, please contact me. Um, also, also stay tuned. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do so. I love reviews and I love all of your support. I've definitely over the last two or three months gotten some gotten some questions, you know, like, Hey dude, when's the next episode coming? And you know, that actually, that, that really inspires me to record more and just to see where this adventure goes to. It's all a, it's all an adventure. It's all a, a journey, um, a a journey through curiosity to see like, what would happen if I create a podcast? What would happen if I start breathing every day? What would happen if I go on this epic bike ride, 30 mile bike ride with basically like almost pro bike riders and see what happens. And I, you know, there was a outcome that I learned a lot from. So, so it is. I, I hope that y'all's lives are filled with adventure, that you follow the curiosity within your heart. And, um, and above all, have a really awesome day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully it'll be a little less than two months next time where you hear from your host, Miracle Soup, Christoph Heinen, broadcasting from the mystical foothills of the Sierra Mountains of Northern California. You'll have a great day. Om Namah Shivaya.